Well, uh, it, it it was over a period of several months, but ending, uh, like, you know, a couple weeks ago, I, 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 I read Moby Dick by Herman Melville. That is so cool. You, you know, uh, uh, it's another great seafaring book. I, I read uh, Toilers of the Sea by Victor Hugo, uh, you know, which is, uh, you know, it's like, it's like, uh, there's, but, but there's a lot of classic stories that happen at sea. Why do you think that is? Well, I guess people, people talk about the, the fascination that exists, uh, for human beings, for the, uh, you know, the, the primal evolutionary connection to the ocean, maybe, or even just that people, people do enjoy being on boats, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, I think, uh, the ocean signifies, you know, the unknown, yeah, that, definitely that man against nature, um, and now, what is the story about Moby Dick? What, how would you sum that up? Well, it starts with a substantial, although in the scope of the book, relatively, you know, a small percentage of it, you know, portion, uh, uh, ashore. So the, uh, narrator, uh, announces he has decided to, uh, you know, go on a whaling ship. So what he does is he looks into the the port, uh, I don't know, Nantucket or, you know, that, that area. And, uh, he, uh, he goes, uh, and stays in a boarding house kind of place. And he meets a, uh, you know, someone from, I don't know, the South Pacific islands or something like that. Someone that he regards as a quote unquote savage, but you know, in a kind of, I don't want to say patronizing, but sort of like 19th century way. But, 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 but actually there's no, there's no negative. It's, it's, it's just the words really. The character is a very uh, complex and, and interesting character. And he has like rituals or whatever from his place, but he, he's a, he's a, he's a good friend to the, um, the narrator. So the narrator goes, uh, you know, I uh, famously starts with the call me Ishmael, but he appears to be a, you know, a, uh, an American maybe, or, you know, a, a Massachusetts guy. I don't know. Uh, and I guess in a way, you know, the protagonist, the narrator sort of represents Herman Melville who did have voyages at sea and did live in New England. Um, and, uh, he, he meets, he meets his friend Quigog at this, uh, where they're roommates and he's very intimidated by him at first, but then they have this like bonding, you know, and they're, they're very close. Then they go together to try to get on a, a whaling ship. And they have like this way where you get like a, a certain cut, and it's like uh, you know it's a fraction, it's just some number, you know. So so they get something, you know, in the two hundreds or higher. Like it's not it's not a real choice, you know, percentage. But they want to be on the ship, and so uh, Quigog uh, is a harpooner, and um, you know they go they go on uh, to sea. So of course there's a lot of detail and a lot of. Um, you know, a lot of depiction, but, uh, uh, after, you know, go, you know, describing the port, including an interesting kind of like, um, uh, whaleman's church and, and uh, these are some places he goes, you know, a lot of detail, of course, you know, um, the middle of the book is, um, I don't want to say largely given overdue, but it has a lot of discussion about whales it's a great deal of science and what I guess would today be considered pseudoscience about 
whales, you know, from the time, you know, and it's actually very uh, prescient, I think, in most ways, except, you know, I mean, there are going to be, you know, what would be today considered errors in the scientific thinking, like he considers them fish, although he seems to be aware of the blowhole and the mechanism and, and the lack of gills, quite aware, and and yet he still considers them a fish. So it's, maybe it's more of a semantic difference, you know. Um, he talks about the uh, sperm whale being probably the largest and uh, uh, the blue whale is known to be the largest. He actually mentions almost like the blue whales were rumored at that time. Mm. Like they didn't surface enough to be easily f or, 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 or often enough or in the areas that the whales would go because he talked about the different types of whales. And so we'd get into the biology and the way they look and their um the right whale and it's uh i don't know kind of uh uh the, the, the curved face the different the different the, the ways they look and he would get really into you know describing them but then also chasing them so there's different um there's you know different speed so 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 there was one uh uh other whale ship was just foolishly chasing a whale that's too fast to bother with so of course they don't know what they're doing you know like there's and right, then right. so then it was also the craft of the whale ship and the this uh you know um mm. so let's say uh, toward the end a lot has happened and the the darker impulses in nature of captain ahab has emerged slowly and you know it's 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 coming like different uh uh stages but um, as they're, you know, I mean, they, they, they hunt whales, they, you know, they, they keep going around, uh, underneath, uh, South America and, uh, they're up in like from the South Pacific up to the North Pacific, I think toward not far from Japan maybe. And they just keep going in a way like where, you know, there's, there's more interest, you know, maybe in like, um, in going uh, in a different direction, maybe uh, resupplying or chasing whales, you know, cutting a different direction. But but Ahab the whole time has been obsessed with this this one whale, the the one that he calls Moby Dick, and it's it's sort of white. It's a really big one. I don't know if it's a big sperm whale, something. But the thing is all beat up from being attacked, and it always wins the battle. And he has this demented desire to go get it. And he just keeps chasing it and chasing it heedlessly. They pass a another ship, which um, implores him to help search for the lost son of the captain who was in one of the whaling boats. Because they get out in these boats, and they chase the whales, you know, in the smaller boats. And then, you know, try to, you know, hook them and, you know, drag them back. And then, like, all the, all these different, you know, strange things that would happen, like a like a whale would, like... Uh, be killed and left marked and there were certain rules you're supposed to follow if it was left like that and and um all the um you know uh, uh you know uh, the depiction of like the different people on board the ship's carpenter and and stuff he was mm -hmm. he made a coffin for his friend Quigleg who was dying apparently and then he has a miraculous recovery and then the coffin gets repurposed uh to maybe act as a lifeboat or something like it's just it's, it's like you know um there's there's a lot of uh little you know storylines but uh we, there's these mates right there's like uh uh starbuck and there's stub and so like uh 
you know, Stubb has like these ways, you know, like they, at one point he depicts the, the, all the different body calls that he makes out to his, um, his crew. Cause he, he runs one of the boats. Then like Starbuck runs another one. I think the other guy's flask. So he's like, you know, the, the, like the fourth, you know, the third mate or whatever. And they, you know, uh, and then like a lot of the, the guys that spear the whales are, you know, the, the, the proverbial natives or whatever people from, you know, tribes and distant islands and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, uh, the story culminate has a culminating scene at the end, uh, where, you know, Ahab is attacking the whale. He gets knocked off the boat and he doesn't care. He wants to keep going. And, and during this stuff, like, uh, things happen to his, like, his wooden leg has to get rebuilt as ivory and ivory, or maybe it was ivory before, but like he had to have his wooden leg rebuilt or his whatever his fake leg rebuilt um and the whale just won't stop you know and he uh keeps chasing it wow so what does the the whale moby dick represent uh well i guess the the unattainable or oblivion or something because uh at the end uh ahab uh, uh goes on the boat to you know, ordering his crew to keep going and attack the whale, and, um, you, you know, uh, he's, um, the whale, uh, not only knocks, uh, knocks them around, but he t- takes a, they, they end up accidentally steering him into the ship. He smashes the ship and sinks it. Spoiler alert. <laughs> so, <laughs> So our, our narrator actually uh, claims to have been found on another, like, you know, floating on something and found by a ship that went by. Maybe the ship that, that was still looking for his son. You know, that same guy. And it's uh, it's pretty long, right? Like 800 pages, I've heard. Yeah, it's a... It's a I, I'm not sure the exact length. It's definitely a substantial length. I, I should... I should look up, I think you can look up, like, a, a book that famous. Because I, I remember looking, trying to look these up, and sometimes it's it's hard to find really quick on the internet. But I think something as uh, iconic as Moby Dick, uh, you know, written, uh, what, a good 150 years ago. Let's see, word count for novels. All right, well, you know, um, I, I, I would see, I'm taking a look at this thing that came up in Google on the, it looks like the Huffington Post book site. So for what it's worth, um, uh, I'm looking at some of these. It says 209,117 words. Wow. it's a lot. Yeah, it's it's excellently written, though. And it's like, it's like, you know, it's very, it's very, it's very cool. I mean, there's a lot of amazing little anecdotes you, you would find in it. Like, uh, uh, he, I... I think, like, the way I read it, you know, they, they, they have um, knives on the ship. They have Swiss Army knives. But this isn't, you know, whatever, you know, the, the, the present day. This is, like, you know, the 19th century. And they were, I don't know that they were made in Switzerland or associated with that. They're apparently referred to as something like Sheffield knives. You know, like, England uh, apparently was the place that they would be from. And so they was named after a town in England that people associated with them or where the, the good ones came from or something like that, you know? So it just, it has all these different contexts, you know? It's like, 
like, you know, a different land, you know, America, but I mean, the Northeast and on the ship most of the time. Um, and so like you said the ocean and then, you know, all that, uh, but then also in the, you know, 1800s, mid, you know, 1800s. Yeah. Which was really a different time. Extremely different. You know. Definitely before the information age. And, you know, it was very early industrial revolution. If you really think about it, a lot of, in a lot of areas, the ships um, were not, d- didn't have the industrial revolution happen uh, in a lot of ways. I guess, you know, I mean, they... They they talk about the the hemp rope and they talk about the you know, the um the mass of the ship the, the all the different intricate you know, uh, levels of uh, of the um you know, construction of of, of a ship that large and and uh, you know the 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 type of stuff that'd be stored and you, you know it, it, it like like the kind of the 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 kind of quarters that Captain you know uh, Ahab would have. And and it it's like these things were are just uh an evolution of the kind of ships that the uh like uh the early American uh sailors like John Paul Jones and people and uh and you know, like that era, the you know, the uh uh seventeen hundreds, you know, um um when a lot, you know, and there were of course um you know, a, a lot of ships, you know, uh uh, between England and America, you know, before that, that like, you know, it's like, it was just like a continuation of that technology. What industrial real technology is on that ship, right? Yeah. Whereas people, I think at that time, you know, the early kind of train technologies were being pieced together. I don't, you know, I don't know. I guess you know, it was it, it took a while, and certainly early manufacturing technologies not only were around but were largely based in New England. I think at the time, in, in the U.S. Mills and stuff. And what what inspired you to want to read this classic? Well, I I uh, you know I'd heard uh, a, a lot about it, and uh, I I'd read a short story or two by Melville, and and it was pretty good. But I just I I, I had some interest in in checking it out, and the cool thing is you know, uh, uh, the version I read I think is based on the Project Gutenberg version. Uh, it uh, either way I'm uh I'm, I have to check that, uh, but it was a for a free book on Kindle mm. so you can certainly download it and you start reading it and you start you know thinking well this is worth continuing or or you know you think you like it then you know you can you can read it through uh it's but it's certainly accessible as a classic that's out of uh you know copyright in the public domain Yeah, it would be so great to do. Okay. So I'm looking at, uh, you uh you definitely found a way to uh to uh push uh calcbot uh to air so uh good job putting it through stress tests yeah well i i turned it uh into landscape view and came upon all these additional options like 
cosines and square roots and percentages and other things. So I just started pressing a bunch of buttons and eventually I conked it out. But it's cool. You can scroll back through the, the tape, as they call it, I think, right? And, and see the, the calculations. Oh, yeah. It has some sort of like history thing, right? And you can like star results that you want so it makes it easy for export like the built-in calculator app on ios you can copy the result but this tries to streamline it and make it a little more dynamic yeah and it's just simple and clean which is really nice cool Thank you to Jessica for joining me on this podcast number 145 of the djmcloud.com slash 64 podcast with me, Dan McKeown. You can send feedback to the show. You can either leave a review on iTunes uh, or you can send us an email 2015 at sf3am.com. Let us know what you think. downloaded this app uh it is called noisely it's got a very uh simplistic kind of flat ui where it just has little images and then when you tap on them uh, it starts that sound with a volume knob so that's white noise uh it has its own volume noise per sound uh and then you can you know adjust your global volume on your iphone so then there's a fan, so that's, that fan's pretty quiet. Uh, you know, uh, there's uh, a coffee cup, which is like a cafe sound. And it has some other sounds. And so, you know, I, I think like the, the, the really simplistic interface is kind of interesting. And, you know, it's, it's a $2 app. Now I've, uh, uh, talk before about how I like a uh, white noise app and relax melodies premium is is good too so you know there's there's a number of apps but the the ability to uh, shut out noise or to have some sort of just you know basic noise in the, in the background instead of just silence depending on it, your workflow and your style it, it, it can actually uh, you know be pretty pretty helpful for for some people Recorded on February 24th, 2015.